This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler. Okay, everybody cut. (laughs) (laughs) This is the spoiler room. I am Mark the Movie Man, your host for the spoiler room. And I think I just chased my entire family out of the room, which is probably a good thing. We've got a full vote for you tonight, folks, as we're going to talk about the latest comic book film from Marvel Studios, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Big surprise there, I know. Such a little film, right? Made almost $100 million this past weekend. I think it topped at 96 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, but before we talk about that, I have just a couple few headlines here, things that were released recently that uh, came out. Now, I posted the link for everybody here tonight. Uh, and actually, first, let's start off with some introductions of who's in the room. First tonight, we have, of course, the diva of the spoiler room, the one and only Dawn. How are you tonight, ma'am? Just fabulous. Fabbo, fantastic. Fabulous. Fabulous. And we have the big effing deal himself, Mr. Glenn Bittner. How are you tonight, sir? What do you want? (laughs) What do you want? (laughs) And, of course, uh, the ever-energetic and opinionated man himself, Mr. Scott Davis. How are you, sir? I'm Groot. Okay. Great. His whole movie... (laughs) <laughs> His whole dialogue tonight is, I am Groot. That's going to be I am Groot. like, I am Groot. And then, of course, we have Mr. Tiger Power, Mr. Tony Estrada, return to the room. How are you tonight, sir? I am doing awesome. I'm hooked on a feeling. Oh, that's great. I think we're all hooked on something tonight. I got my frou-frou drink and everything, so we're all good there. Mm-hmm. And we have a newcomer. Spoiler room, and uh, Mr. William Holt. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hi. Glad to have you in the spoiler room. Always fun to have some fresh faces in here, uh, especially as my face continually gets older. And uh, so tonight, uh, first off, uh, before we dive into our Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm sure everybody has an opinion on, we're going to talk first. It got shared recently, and I've been waiting for this trailer for a long time. And it's the Star Wars Episode Five Empire Strikes Back trailer that was shown at San Diego Comic Con in 1979. But <laughs> it was one of the apparently one of the first live action film uh, trailers shown at, at Comic Con. And the reason I wanted to talk about it just really quick, I don't know uh, how many here had had a chance to watch it, but. My complaint recently with uh, new trailers is that they show too much. And if you watch this episode uh, 5 trailer, while it does have the very cheesy and hammy Mr. Han Solo himself, Harrison Ford, doing a really bad voiceover, they really make it... They really make the movie exciting, yet don't say a whole, uh, don't show a whole lot. Now, would you agree that uh, this this trailer is probably the way you want to... you know, promote a film? Uh, why don't you start, Glenn, Mr. Uh, filmmaker himself? Uh, what, did you get a chance to watch the trailer at all? 
I did. Um, I completely disagree with you. You do? I think they show tons of stuff in that trailer. Tons. Really? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, you've, you've, got, you've got scenes of Leia and them being captured. You've got scenes of Leia and them being rescued. You've got scenes of them blowing up the, the, the droid out on Hoth. You've got scenes, I mean, just so many scenes that, are, that you get glimpses of all these things that happen in the movie. I think they give away a ton of stuff. But they don't give you the big, huge battles, though. They don't give you the big, huge special effects scenes like you see in a lot of the trailers nowadays. They don't show the big, any shot at all of the fine, uh, of the lightsaber battle between Luke and Vader. They don't show the no. big Hoth battle. They don't show the AT-ATs. They don't show, you know... I mean, there's no, a lot... No, but they give, away, they give away a lot of key points of the story. Yeah. I don't see a lot of flash, but I see I see points of the story they give away. Okay, I was looking more at them uh, not uh, uh, spoiling the Flash, I guess, more than okay. the story. But uh, I guess, well, they don't give away the big point, though, which they probably would nowadays. Well, the, the <laughs> biggest one, no, but... I mean, what, what about you, Tony? Do you think uh, you, you could see them giving out, spoiling uh, Vader? And this is this room, so if you haven't go watch Empire, go watch it now and then come back. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're gonna spoil it here. They didn't spoil it. The what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, know, um, that, that, I know Tony has seen it. I'm talking about our listeners, but uh, yeah, Tony, would you say that they might end up throwing the uh, whole Vader is your father line in the uh, in the trailers? Oh my God, Vader is his father. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Don. <laughs> Look, don't tell her what Rosebud is, okay? <laughs> yeah, I gotta agree with what Glenn said. I do think the trailer does give away a lot of important plot points. Not like the Darth Vader one, of course, but like some of the other ones with Leia and all the other stuff that happens and the Empire Strikes Back. A lot of the important plot points I did feel was spoiled in the trailer. Not that it affects my opinion on the film, because I love the film, but I do think the trailer does give, reveal a lot of things from the film. Anyone else want to prove me wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I didn't I didn't... Here's the thing. I, um, I see both sides of this. Mm -hmm. uh, I see what they're saying, that they're giving away a lot. I think, because you said, I think you mentioned something uh, when you posted for the rest of us to take a look at it, that you said, uh, oh, I don't think they give too, like, take a look, they don't give too much. Like, I'm like, well, they don't. They give you, like, like Glenn was saying that they give you glimpses of all these things that happen. And I agree with that statement, although I don't agree with the essence of what he said, is that, yeah, they do show you quite a bit, but only glimpses. Like, a second of them going in and Han seeing Vader, you know, a, a bit of the asteroid thing. This is, let's not forget, not a trailer, but a teaser. Right. And as a teaser, this made, this made fanboys who were already hard for the next Star Wars just go, <laughs> like, Easter Island rock hard for the next Star Wars. I mean, I mean can you imagine... This is, a, this is a time before the internet, okay? Yep. Where if you heard anything from this, it was through uh, friends of friends, or it was from magazine letter sections and fanzines. 
people must have been freaking out and saying, and I saw a shot of the Millennium Falcon just weaving through these asteroids. It was amazing. You know, because it's not like, because they could get away with doing this without fear of having 20 million people see it on YouTube the next mm -hmm. day. You know? So, I mean, I think that they that they do show you a lot, but they don't show, but you're not really sure what you're seeing. You see, you right. know, we we know now because know the context of it. We, we, so, we know now because we've seen the film so many times. But yeah, but they just saw glimpses of it. So I actually thought it was a really good teaser, mm -hmm. especially for the audience that it was for. Right. I think that this was a teaser that really knew its core audience. Also, I wasn't positive that was Harrison Ford until you said it. Although it's yeah. like sounds like him. Yeah. But God, it sounds more energetic than he's ever been in his life. But <laughs> they just like give him like some amels, like after they're like, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Well, it was the late seventies, early. Yeah. 80s, so he could have, you know, done a line or two. Who knows? Yeah. Han <laughs> <laughs> Solo doing coke. You know, that's how he made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parts. <laughs> Um, William, awesome. William, do you think uh, do you think kids show too much nowadays? I don't know if you had a chance to look at the Star Wars. Trailer. I didn't get to look at it. So, but would you would you say that the trailers show a little bit too much? AKA just like with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think we're all kind of in agreement with that though. That that trailers nowadays even. The teasers back then, we know what the plot points are, so yeah, it does reveal, but if you never saw anything before, I could see that really, like, people going, wait, what the hell? What? What? Um, versus now, when people are going, oh yeah, I read about that on three different blogs and two different entertainment sites. I know exactly what that scene is, because I saw the behind-the-scenes footage that they posted yesterday on YouTube. Uh, so, uh, but that's kind of yeah, why I wanted to... But isn't, isn't that the fault of people who seek out all that stuff, though? If you, if you only watch the trailers, the trailer mm -hmm. does not give away that much. That's true. That's true. It's just, it's just that there's so much more information out there for yeah. the people who don't want to be surprised. Although they want, I mean, if they could, they would want the trailer to be the whole movie. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. agree with that. I, you know, I've actually gotten to the point in my life where I won't even watch the trailer a lot of the time if. I'm already sold on the movie. For instance, Guardians of the Galaxy, when people said, oh my god, the new trailer is posted, it's fantastic, I didn't watch that for about a week. Sure. And I said, fine, I'll watch it. Because I said, I already know I want to see the movie. So I don't right. really care what's in the trailer. And I was afraid of it giving away way too much, which it usually mm -hmm. this Now, this one I don't think did, but um, they usually do. I don't get this faction of fanboys who is going on sites like all the time now they're checking out on like all every scoop about the next <laughs> Avengers film for instance yeah I mean you can see them like everywhere you know and I, they said like did you hear this I'm like no I didn't hear it I don't want to hear it I knew as soon as I saw that how great that first Avengers film was that I wanted to see Avengers 2 so whatever you do, I don't want to know. I'll see sure. it when I see it. You already sold me on the movie. Now, if it's something that I'm on the fence about, then I'll watch the trailer. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. So, um, yeah. But I, I find, 
it's it's very hard as a fan who does not want spoilers. If you're already sold on the on the film, you know you're going to watch it. It's hard to avoid them. You actually have to really go out of your way to avoid uh, teasers, trailers, spoilers, behind the scenes articles with with spoilers in the headlines. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, and I've been noticing this a lot with completely off tangent with the new series of Doctor Who coming out. Oh yeah, really freaking hard to avoid any of that. Oh yeah, and even, and, even, and even Guardians, I mean, if you didn't see... Now, lots of people did see it this weekend, of course, but if you didn't see it this weekend and you went on Facebook uh, over the weekend or today, <laughs> you probably already know what the post-credit sequence is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Whether you wanted to or not, you know, which was part of the reason I saw it opening night. I said I want to go opening night because I don't want people to spoil it for me when I just check my goddamn status. (laughs) I don't, I don't get how people just go so bonkers over all that extra stuff. Like, oh my god, did you see they they released a picture of Ben Affleck as Batman, and you know what? He looks like Batman. What? What were you talking? Yeah, I don't get that either. <laughs> oh my God! There's a the Millennium. There, there's a picture of Millennium Falcon from the new Star Wars. You didn't think that was gonna be in there? It's <laughs> yeah, on, but they're like when having what? When I was like, doing Star Wars, what, what? What? You know, he's gonna be in the Millennium Falcon. What do you think? Oh my God! <laughs> look at that. Star Express. They kept on offering me news things. Hey, write a news story about this. It's a picture from the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I'm like, that's not news. <laughs> to me, news is like, you know, this film might not get made, or this film just got greenlit, or, you know, that's news, you know, but... I don't know, did, did, you, did you see the explosion stills for the next Michael Bay movie? <laughs> the explosion stills for the next Michael Bay movie, that's great, Glenn. That's <laughs> Let's, uh, Tony or uh, William... Uh, you guys are uh, from a slightly different generation. I want to get your perspective. Uh, is it more popular, do you think, nowadays for everybody to search out everything about a film beforehand, or are there people out there who do still want a little surprise in their films? Uh, yeah. William, what about you? Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, nowadays I think people just want to do research first before they go and see the movie from what not me and my friends do. That's what we usually do. Mm-hmm. We usually look into the information, and then we go see the movie just in case if the movie doesn't stand up to what we hope it is. So, so you you so you like uh, learning ahead of time and seeing the extra photos and everything yeah. for that, because uh, that helps you decide whether or not you're, you you may go see the movie. Because movies are expensive nowadays, so mm-hmm. I can understand that. What about you, Tony? Yeah, I do agree. I think um, I think the thing is that some people. If they don't see enough of the film, then they don't want to go see it because I, back in high school, when I used to be in high school, I remember I had friends that want to see a movie, but when they didn't see enough of the movie, they're like, you know what, I'm not going to go see that movie because they didn't do a good job advertising it. And I, and I remember I would be like, are you freaking kidding me? So, yeah, I think, it's, <laughs> I think that's why a lot of these trailers do show a little too much because if you don't show enough to the public, they're not going to have that much interest in seeing the film. And in my opinion, that's why I believe a lot of trailers nowadays are revealing a little too much. Oh, it's, it's, it's great stuff there, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
different. I think I think it really it it appears that it is different on uh, how you kind of grew up with your films uh, and what information was available for you as you learned about your films. So uh, definitely some great stuff there. I was going to cover a couple other headlines, but I think we're going to go right into our Guardians discussion. Um, unless you guys want to talk about uh, the other two headlines that we posted. Uh, I'm this... fine with that. We could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it depends. You're the one Deadpool. 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 Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll, we should we'll probably talk about Deadpool. What? what did you say? <laughs> the Jungle Book? The Jungle Book? Idea, Scott. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the, the other one first of Bill Murray being no. chosen. No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just don't do it. There's no good there. Bill Murray as Blue in Disney's <laughs> remake of The Jungle Book? There, I got it out at least. I, I have um, no problem with Bill Murray as Blue. I have a problem with the entire concept of it being remade. There's no need for it. None. Well, I'm confused over what kind of movie this is going to be. Is it going Doesn't to be... matter. It <laughs> done. Is it going? I mean, is it going? I mean, I know we've seen so many different Jungle Books and stuff, but of course, it sounds like it's going to be kind of like the animated movie, but live action. I mean, is it going to be like Garfield, where he it's he he does the voice of a it CGI like character, it. or is it going to be like you know Bill Murray's in a bear suit? Because honestly, <laughs> if Bill Murray's in a bear suit, I'm freaking there. <laughs> Bill Murray in a bear suit. Yeah, okay, I, I'm there. Well, you know, it's it's so weird because I mean, I love and I love the Kipling story and the cartoon, which are like very far apart, very right. different. Um, and uh, it's it's just a, uh, I don't know if you know for, for somebody, I love Bill Murray, but you know, I never bought his excuse for why he did Garfield. <laughs> I never bought that. <laughs> he actually gave an interview where he said he saw that the script was written by Joel Cohen, and that's why he signed up for it. And, of course, it's, if you look, it's Cohen with an H, and he claims he didn't know that until after he signed. <laughs> Bullshit, Bill! Bullshit! Here's your rationale for doing Garfield. Hey, we're going to give you about $10 million if you just go into an ADR booth and voice a fat tabby cat. Yeah. <laughs> Fine! Yeah. <laughs> I can respect that. I do that. That's fine. <laughs> Don't give me this crap where you thought it was a Cohen Brothers project, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement that the uh the remake doesn't need to happen and unfortunately this looks like this may be a disturbing trend for Disney to try well, to make some of these Films that were classic animated films into live action or CGI mixture of live action. They're gonna make up the billions they spent to buy to buy Lucasfilm. They gotta make that money back. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so let me take a look here. Well, who's who, who's do we know who's directing this one or no? I, uh, John John Favreau. John Favreau. Really? Yes. Well, that, wait, guys, that might be. Good. That's the only thing that piques my interest, though, the fact that it has John Favreau because you know he's he good. Films and I love Chef. Yeah. That's one of my favorite films for from this year. By Bill Murray as Baloo. I don't want to see the Jungle Book being made, but I mean, I could kind of see him as the voice of Baloo, so I buy it. Yeah. What about you, Scott? What were you gonna say then, sir? I haven't even seen Chef, and I don't even like Elf because I'm not a big Will Ferrell person, but. I still like John Favreau a lot, so sure. 
fearing John Favreau did it, honestly, this became a yeah, I'll see it movie. Uh, yeah, see, see, and that's the problem. They get a director that you want, and then you're like, God, God, ah, I just got a great. Thanks. Now I'm going to probably have to see it. So. Well, you know, Scarlett Johansson. If it's a director that you respect. Yeah. You have to know from the get-go that it's going to be really terrible in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Like the only example I can think of of a director that I really respected and I still wouldn't even bother seeing the movie was when Francis Ford Coppola directed Jack in the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if anybody remembers that one. Yeah, and if you yeah, don't, yeah. don't look it up. <laughs> don't look it up. Don't even seek it out. So, so yeah, I think we're... All in agreement. I mean, it's great that Bill Murray's doing it. They do have a great director. Do they need to do it? No, but it it does have my interest peaked a little more with Bill Murray as, as the voice acting. So uh, we'll move on right to the last one that I want to talk about real quick that Glenn, I think, was was saying that, you know, <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> we, the, oh, yeah. The, the, the footage was leaked, and uh, uh, the, we found out that it was actually officially test footage for... Uh, the dead possible Deadpool movie, and everybody went ballistic. I think uh, let's start with Glenn. Uh, do you want them now to make this film now that you've seen the test? Oh, I've, I've wanted them to make it for a while. And sure. first of all, I want to come around the whole thing leaked. When people see like something got leaked, I'm like, they let that out. Oh, sure. They yeah, did. they let oh, that. Course. That wasn't a. That wasn't like oh. Someone just left it up on the computer with the password <laughs> attached. You know, um, but no, and... Thank you for saying I, that. I, I think this is the role Ryan Reynolds was born to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. His, his, just his personality, all the quirks of his personality, the way he delivers lines, it's, he is the perfect Deadpool. Right. And... I think now with what Guardians did, it shows that you can take a more off-the-wall type character and you can make a good movie about him. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, Guardians, I think, really opened up their eyes to a lot of a lot of things, and uh, hopefully it paves the way for more films and, and maybe a Deadpool one. This leak is them testing the waters, I think. Do you think that's what they were doing, William, was uh, uh, leaking... Leaking the footage. <laughs> Not really. I think they they just wanted it out there. Yeah. And and were you impressed by it? Did did it make you want to see a Deadpool movie? Yes, I <laughs> really enjoy Deadpool. Anything yeah. with Deadpool, I enjoy. <clears throat> yeah, I think the video game was was huge. You know, among the fans, and everybody wants to see a Deadpool film, a proper one, not that thing that we saw in that Wolverine movie that oh. we will not mention at all anymore now. I, I can that. even tell you that the non-Deadpool geeks want to see it because as much as I like comic books, I, and I had to go cold turkey from comic books a few years ago because mm-hmm. I thought collecting movies was expensive. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> <laughs> comics was like, a comics was like a coke addiction. I just like saw like <laughs> Suddenly, I couldn't pay my power bill. <laughs> <laughs> you can't read your comics if you have no lights. <laughs> like, but, um, but uh, so I had to go cold turkey and like give it up, and I hated it. But doing that, but 
before I did, I never got into Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves Deadpool. And uh, so this was really my first chance seeing what Deadpool is supposed to be. Right. And I approve. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that was really fun. I would mm-hmm. totally love a 90-minute to two-hour movie based on that. And this is going from somebody who hated Van Wilder, <laughs> thought that he was probably a little too smarmy for Green Lantern, mm-hmm. liked some of his dramatic work. But no, this is great. I'm like, yes, absolutely that. I want a movie of that. That's fantastic. And I hope if they do it, they make it R. Just sure. like I hope that they well, make the best Fitzgerald series R. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that that would be great. To do Deadpool properly, you got to do R. There's, there's no question about it. Tony, uh, do you got anything to add about Deadpool? Want to see it? <clears throat> Well, I just want to say thanks for talking about this headline, because if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't have even seen the test footage by now. So that's <laughs> that actually. So I thank you, Mark, because I got to see it now. Well, Don, so, Don posted the link, so you. you and you of course, it. thanks to Don as well. So thank you to You're both. You're welcome. Of you. Anyways, um, yeah, after seeing the footage, first of all, I love the costume. The costume looks really beautiful, really colorful, and you know it has the Deadpool. Uh, Quirky humor, mm-hmm. and I agree with, and I totally agree with what Glenn just said. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is born, was born to play Deadpool, and mm-hmm. just from what I see in the footage overall, it all looks really impressive for the action to the suit, how it's filmed. I say, yeah, make a Deadpool movie, and I totally agree that it needs to be rated R. So yes. just make the film. Anything to add, Don? Not really. I'm not as familiar with the Deadpool character mm-hmm. as I am with some of the other comic book characters. So when I saw that, I was expecting somebody a little more cantankerous, a little less Jim Carrey. <laughs> but I did really like it. Yeah. And it, it I, looks... I did have to go to to my resident comic book expert and have the character fully explained to me. Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> I, I don't like misunderstanding comic book characters, especially when I have the comic books here in my house. Yes. <laughs> so so you hear that out there, filmmakers. You have a bunch of people here who want to see this damn movie, so make it make it right and make it with Ryan Reynolds. So Now, uh, speaking of snarky characters and humor, uh, we're moving on to the main film of the evening's discussion, which is Guardians of the Galaxy, that big, large, huge film that everybody was kind of wondering how are they going to pull it off, and afterwards we were like, wow, they pulled it off. Uh, either good or bad, they pulled it off. And Let's start uh, first with our uh, fresh face in the spoiler room tonight, William. Uh, your impression of Guardians of the Galaxy after you came out of it, did it surprise you? Did it not surprise you? It surprised me because I'm not really into the sci-fi genre. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, it latched onto me and pulled me in as it went on through it. I was very impressed with it. I really liked it. Awesome. And uh, Tony, your impression after you left the theater? Really satisfied, really happy. I thought it was a fun time at the theaters. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's pretty much everything you would expect based on the trailers. It's funny, it's action-packed. The movie definitely knew exactly what it wanted to be. And in a way, it is kind of like this generation's Star Wars. So I really had a fun time with it. 
Okay, that's a bold statement. We'll come back to that. Uh, I'm making a note of that. Tony. Well, I mean, some this. people. No, 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 you're good now. You're good. <laughs> you say it, you defend it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. We'll, we'll get to that now. <laughs> Scott, uh, what about you, sir? When you left the theater? Uh, oh, I thought it was the worst science fiction film in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bold no, statement. No, no, no. That's uh, we well, it's a post review. I'm sure somebody will bring it's it up. It's a New York post review, but, yeah. But uh, it's uh, no, I actually liked it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I went as like it's the greatest thing ever, like a lot of people have yet. Yet, but I say that because it's one of those films where I watched and I said, I really like this, and I know that when I see it again, and I will see it again, that I am going to like it even more. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films that you just know that you you just instinctively know you will be able to revisit and enjoy more and more and more. And sure. I liked this film a lot. I thought it had, I thought it balanced humor and the action and the drama just wonderfully. And so I was I was really happy that I uh, plunked down my uh, 650 at the Cinema Cafe and additional $15 for their crappy uh, pound of wings and a Coke. <laughs> Don, what about you? Well, I went in expecting to like it, but I liked it more than I expected. I, I was a little surprised. And I... I, I think I'd have to process for for a little while longer before I could explain exactly why. Mm-hmm. But I can absolutely see Tony's comparison to to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely can see that. Comic book movies are definitely the new mythology, and they are definitely this is definitely more frivolous than the Avengers. Yes, and. <laughs> it's it's definitely definitely a film for 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 imaginative uh, people and dreamers. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I, I I would completely agree with that one. Glenn and you, when you left the theater, I know what your reaction was. But why don't you tell our listeners exactly uh, how you felt when you left the theater? That was okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> if, if 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 by okay if if, if okay means like having. Jesus, fly to your bedroom on Falcor to deliver you bacon for life, to be served by Slave Leia and Gamora herself forever, then yes, it was okay. Um, I believe the, the, the slightly graphic phrase I used when I left the theater, and I told this to people waiting in line if they asked if I liked it, I said, if my enthusiasm and enjoyment of this film could be equated as an erection, I could fuck the moon. <laughs> That's how it, it exceeded all of my expectations. Um, I I have not had that much fun in a movie theater wow. um, since I was a kid. Oh, guys, can I just thank you for bringing me in on these spoiler rooms and film <laughs> I love you guys so much. <laughs> I totally get what everybody's saying. Full power to Glenn. That's on the rules. <laughs> 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 for another 
phallic <laughs> image that will never leave my head. We we're always we can always count on Glenn for that Think phallic of me image. When you look at the hey, nice I stuff. took the BuzzFeed quiz and I was Gamora, so apparently I don't know. <laughs> I gotta go green again. <laughs> no, 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 a whole nother image I'm gonna have in my head, Scott. Thank you very much. <laughs> you just, you just ruined my Gamora fantasy. Oh God! <laughs> ruined or made better? <laughs> well, we were talking about movie, right? Yeah, we're talking about the movie. I think. <laughs> no, I will say I, I really enjoyed it, and, and, and it was fun, and I don't think I had this much fun watching a sci-fi film in recent years since I watched Fifth Element. Um, for me, this film really had that kind of vibe as far as where they went with it. I didn't expect them to go as sci-fi as they did. I, I loved it. Don't give me, I love that they went that far. Um, you know, I did have a few issues with it, but I still gave it a top rating because I had a blast, and that's how I really rate my films is how much fun I had at them, though there were a couple issues I had with it. But um, uh, let's talk about this uh, statement because Tony's not the first one to make it. I've heard it referred to before as this generation's Star Wars um, and I've seen it debated, so let's open it up to the group here. And would you say that this is today's Star Wars? Don, why don't we start with you? I told you I needed to process more. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You did say that. I was. My brain had I had an aneurysm from Glenn. <laughs> I had an aneurysm from Glenn cracking his joke, so I do apologize. Oh. Yes, you need to process this more. Uh, let's, uh, Glenn, what about you? Would you uh, say this year's Star Wars or this generation's? Um, boy, you know, possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a hard thing to equate because Star Wars itself, I mean, it really broke the mold for sci-fi movies. Mm -hmm. It really did. So, I don't know if this quite accomplishes that. I think it's phenomenal. But I don't think it was completely, like, you know, genre-redefining. Sure, sure. I could, good statement. Scott, what about you, sir? Well, Star Wars, um, I'm kind of with Glenn on that because it's so hard to say what... Well, let's face it. I mean, when they... Then no one said that Star Wars was this generation's whatever. Right. Because... <laughs> There was never anything like it. I mean, yes, it was inspired by Flash Gordon. It was inspired by all these things, but no one, no one had ever seen anything like it. I remember uh, when I was in my early twenties, people were saying that Independence Day was the next Star Wars. Ooh. No. Well, here's Ooh. the thing: is that when I first saw, it, I saw Independence Day at a midnight screening, opening night. I was like, oh, oh my god, it's great! And I was, like, all happy, and then, like, about a year later, when I watched it again, I'm like, okay, it's good, but I kind of feel like an ass for calling it the next Star Wars. <laughs> so, I'm just going to pretend I never said that. <laughs> but now, I'm not saying, now, I am, I want to say for the record that I am not saying that about what Tony said. Mm-hmm. 
because I did have that moment when I was watching Guardians of saying, am I looking at a big screen and seeing sp- little spaceships in a laser battle with uh, other little spaceships? <laughs> I never get to see that anymore! No one let, no one does that! Yes. And you know, I'm so happy whenever I see that, that the little seven-year-old who discovered Star Wars in me just just jumps for joy right yeah. through my throat and wants to hug the screen, you know? <laughs> so that's what I was getting when I was seeing Guardians and I saw that scene. So I don't know if I'm going to call it the next Star Wars because I don't know if you can have a next Star Wars because mm-hmm. Star Wars was the first. Right. That's true. But I totally get the analogy. Right. I completely get it. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and William, would you uh, agree with Tony in that that uh, it it could be this generation's Star Wars? Well, kinda and kinda not. Mm-hmm. The only thing I saw in the film that kind of reminded me of Star Wars was the part where the raccoon blasted through that other spaceship. <laughs> that right there made me think. Wait a minute, haven't I seen this before somewhere? <laughs> So, if that answers your question. <laughs> oh no, that no, that does. That does. Thank you, uh, Tony. We, we know since you made the statement that it is the Star Wars. Um, did you want to say anything further in your defense for it? <laughs> I just want to say, like the like the reason I could agree with why people say that is because you know, first of all, it's space, so that already gives me the feel right there. Sure. And then like the and like the battle sequences with the ships mm-hmm. also give me that feeling. Especially that one uh, chase scene, like towards the middle of the movie. That one right there was like flat out okay. This kind of reminds me. This not kind of reminds me that, but gives me that Star Wars. Right. Well, it, just in general, we haven't, and, and this is surprising me. I figured after 2000 we'd get even more sci-fi films because we're in the new millennium, and we got less sci-fi films. And then the sci-fi films we got were based off of Earth-based. Comics. I mean, the sci. Yeah, Avengers is still sci-fi. Yet, but it's still kind of grounded in Earth. Here, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, we get a little bit of Earth, but I mean, we got alien worlds left and right. We got alien technology. We got ships that don't look streamlined. I mean, you know, for me, when I watched it, I was looking at this, going, "Oh my God, we actually have a science fiction film." Now, uh, for me, and I, I want to get everybody's opinion on this because I got a little flack from some people on it, and, and it's good because I always love discussions, but um, the, the statement I made was I think the clunky part for me in this film was there was a specific scene in general. Uh, there are a couple scenes, but one that really stands out for me is a scene that felt completely shoehorned into this it kind of broke up the experience for me and it was like okay they're doing this it's the scene with Thanos that scene with Thanos I think is not needed completely and f- gratuitous and it felt like they put it in there specifically to slap people in the face going this is connected to Avengers you know as if people did it already because they set up, they show the exact world that we saw in Avengers. We see the exact alien Kree guy, I think it is, with, you know, the face. We get to see Thanos now in his full form, which I wish we hadn't done. 
and it just felt shoehorned in there, and there's just a couple other parts where they were connecting it with the rest of the Marvel Universe, where I was like, don't do that. I'm really enjoying this as a body by itself. I didn't want it to be part of, you know, kind of shoehorned in with the other phase films. Am I off on that? Is that scene with Thanos specifically for sure? Was that really not needed? Or, or am I off on that? Uh, go ahead, uh, Tony. What do you think? I mean, would you rather have kept Thanos a mystery yet until you know the next couple Marvel films? Well, I mean, I guess I, I could get what you mean by it being shoehorn, Mark. But to be honest, I didn't feel it was shoehorn because ever since they sh- they gave the little glimpse of him in the post credit of the Avengers, I'm like, ah, oh, is that all you're gonna give me? So, like, ever since then, it's been keeping me hanging on how exactly Thanos looked. Like, yeah, sure, I could have looked it up on the Internet, but I prefer to see it in movie form. So I am actually glad that this movie did that because, one, I was curious to see how Josh Brolin was going to do as the voice of Thanos. That's one of the reasons. And, two, I wanted to see what Thanos looked like in full form. And I think it's um, necessary for them to add Thanos because the fact that he is uh, – Gomorrah's father, and I thought that was clever how that aspect of Guardians of the Galaxy ties in with the villain that will be in possibly the Avengers 3. So to me, it didn't take away my experience. I actually thought it felt needed. Even if we only saw him for two minutes, I felt like it did add something. So it didn't bother me. Actually, I actually really liked that moment. Okay. Okay. William, what about you? Uh, do you think that that scene was not needed? I mean, I I see your point, Tony. I, I just wish, I guess, just give me the face and him talking on a screen, not give me the full Thanos yet. What about yeah. you, William? Did, did, did you feel that scene was not needed, or am I off I, completely? I agree with you, Mark. I don't think the scene was needed. Yeah. I, when it comes to films, mostly I don't like when they connect it to other movies, True. like you were saying that it was connecting to the Avengers. I'm not really into that. I don't like that at all. And like I said, I guess the point I'm coming from is just that we already know it's connected to the Avengers. I just didn't feel it was needed. Glenn, you really loved the movie. Was that needed? Okay, what you just said is that we all know it's connected to Avengers. We do because we're nerds. That's true. <laughs> um, true point. And the thing is, is a movie like this that made $94 million opening weekend, that isn't just nerd money. Mm-hmm. And True. I don't think that as, as, if if I just if I'm just viewing the movie as just just a film and nothing else, no, that scene is not needed. However, in 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 the state in the in the world of franchises, it is because if you don't have that tie-in, and all of a sudden you've got Thanos and Thor, and then all of a sudden Star Lord shows up. Your average movie going public and go, well, what the fuck is this? This is too different. Those people are from outer space. What are they doing here? So, oh, I don't know. I, th- I think you need that for for the average public, and they're not all a bunch of you know moronic yokels. Just they don't know, they don't have that the the, the knowledge that we do that. The Marvel, everything in Marvel, it's all Marvel universe. Right. So the stuff that's <laughs> happening out there, you know, way far away from Earth. It's happening at the same time that, you know, Steve Rogers is, you know, is learning all about, you know, the Beatles and, you know, all that stuff while he's back here on Earth. So, you know, it's it's that 
if it wasn't there, it wouldn't hurt the film overall, but I think as part of the franchise, they kind of have to have that little thing in there. Good, good point, good point. Uh, Don, what about you? you? You made a comment? <laughs> I think that it it was definitely necessary to have him in the film mm-hmm. for, for multiple reasons. Number one, uh, Ronan the Accuser, to me, came off as a petulant child. Um, I can't see how he could be an independent, I mean, a ruthless a ruthless leader, yes, but commanding the respect of uh, significant numbers of people to have to, to follow him, no, he would need somebody like Thanos to be backing him up, to be controlling him. So you needed that in order to, you needed to show that, yeah, somebody was, was controlling him. Sorry, just like Vader and, and the Emperor. Yeah. I'm going there. Yes, I am. You <laughs> um, also really needed, because they really didn't do as much character development on Nebula as I had hoped, mm-hmm. you really needed that to show that animosity between the sisters. And, and you couldn't do that with just Ronan. You needed Thanos in order to do that. I mean, just to keep it central to the movie itself. Sure. They probably should have done a little more with that in yeah. the movie itself. Yeah, I, I agree. They should have did more uh, with that. Scott, did you have anything else to add? Oh, I have so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know I'm no. so glad that Don brought up the Emperor because that's exactly what I was thinking. First of all, Mark, I think, and I wasn't even thinking about it before, mm-hmm. they kind of ruined Guardians a little bit for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I think, Mark, you have a great point here. I do think it was gratuitous now that I think of it. I think how much greater would it have been if Thanos was just the face on the screen? when he Because he was contacting Thanos on like the little video screen and communicating that way. Was there any reason that he had to go there in person? Not really, because really all they got accomplished there was that he killed Thanos' second command, which kept him with Thanos. Thanos can get more. He can. Get yeah, I'm sure he has like a, a long line of people that kind of like your turn now. Oh shit! But um, <laughs> but you know, um, I was thinking of Empire whenever I'd see Thanos on that screen. Mm-hmm. And there's really no need to reveal do do the full reveal of Thanos now. And I so I I actually agree with you, Mark, on that. Uh, going to what Dawn said, yeah, I agree with how you say that how they put Ronan the Accuser. That's the problem. That's the only problem when you try to contain a major character in a single film because mm-hmm. Ronan the Accuser is huge across the Marvel universe. Yeah. Yep. But and here's the thing about Guardians. The petulant child. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing about uh, Guardians, and this goes into what Dawn said and went into into what Glenn said. So this is why this is taking a little longer. I apologize. This is very obscure Marvel lore. Mm-hmm. Because the cosmic stuff that happens on the edge of the galaxy is a completely different thing than like Hulk. And the Fantastic Four often a lot of times. And honestly, I actually had, had like downloaded a bunch of like digital comics to try to get up to speed because I was like, oh god, am I gonna know enough about Guardians beforehand? Turned out that they changed enough about the origins of Guardians that now you didn't really need to know. Mm-hmm. 
and they did a really great job of, of doing it. But it is still very complicated. I can see the average person getting completely lost in this movie. However, I still think that the Thanos, I think he's better to keep him as a mystery because he's not going to show up in too much in Avengers 2, I don't think. I think he's mainly Avengers 3. Yeah, he's, he's down the road as far as I'm Yeah, Still a few years off. But still, you know, you got all these people, and, you know, it's it's still a little too complex. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I agree with what Glenn said, though. Uh, oh. where, I mean, I think the great thing about... I th- agree with the 94 million is not just nerds like right. us, of which I do count myself as one, absolutely. However, I think the amazing thing is that we're all kind of... it's It's kind of nerd culture invading into mainstream culture. I think that there's still a line where you don't have to get into truck nuts culture, though. <laughs> you know? Wow. So, I think that you can have it without over-explaining it. You mm. know? Over-explaining it to the people saying, like, man, I'm just sticking to blue-collar comedy tour. Ah, this is just <laughs> damn complicated. But you got a raccoon... I usually shoot them things. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that I think that you can go into the mainstream without patronizing. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's the way I felt with it is that I could see maybe if this if this came out five years ago, them putting the Thanos scene in there because you, you haven't, but Marvel has developed this movie-watching culture and expanded the movie-watching culture for people who make them feel at least they understand a little bit about comics, I think, even the average movie watcher. And I guess for me, it was just a little bit too soon for Thanos. And I, I thought the animation on him looked a little, I don't know, I, I was hoping it looked a little better too. So I guess maybe that was my disappointment. With that that scene, but um, uh, you know, overall, I still loved it. It's just, I guess, for me, maybe it's because I'm yearning so much for a someone to do another sci-fi adventure with spaceships in space and completely away from Earth, that I was picturing this as kind of a standalone sci-fi adventure film. So when the Marvel stuff, that was really blatant Marvel stuff, came up, I think it 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 pushed me out just a little bit because I was so into this as like, this is original, you know, sci-fi adventure that I'm like, oh no, wait, this is a Marvel comic movie. Yeah, that's right. So we've got Thanos and these other connections in here. You You know, know. these are so far from the other, uh, you know, Guardians is so far apart from the other uh, Marvel stuff that often books like Guardians, uh, Nova when they do it, and that kind of stuff are apart from whatever the big event, the right. big summer of yearly summer event mm-hmm. in Marvel Comics is. Uh, that's why that while they were having whatever their Civil War shit, you know, these comics had Annihilation, which was a completely different event. They needed a completely different event because they were already removed right. from what was going on. So, yeah, I agree with you there, that it's a little bit much to have them go out of their way to integrate it. I, I I do see both sides. I guess that's just, for me, that's why I took it some out. I will agree with Don completely. I want to go to that point real quick with you guys. We'll start with William. Would you have liked to see more development with Gamora and Nebula, especially the Nebula characters? It really felt like while they are strong female characters, they kind of got a little bit of the short changed on it. Would you say that, William? Would you, would you say, would you like to see a little more, at least of the fight between the two, if 
more character development with them. Yes, I totally agree with you on that. I would like to, um, I would have liked to see more with both characters. I was going to say, uh, and what about you, Tony? Would, would you agree that uh, it would have been nice to see those strong female characters fleshed out more, or, you know, did, did they get enough time, or... Uh, like, in terms of, like, the two of them together? Well, just in ge- their characters in general, but it's, that fight, especially at the end, too, I was so hoping for a really badass fight between them, and it seemed cut short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... I could agree. Well, Gamora, to me, is already fleshed out enough, and I really enjoyed the little, you know, connection she was having with Star-Lord. But with Nebula, I do think she was really underdeveloped, and she re- she definitely could have had more screen time. It would have been nice for the two of them to have a little conversation. Like what you said, Mark, their, their fight just kind of went cutting short, and then it's all like, it kind of like just stopped from there. You didn't really get to see really any sisterly bonding or conversation. So I could agree on Nebula could have been more fleshed out more so. Or or, or, or sister unbonding maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, more, or more sisterly bonding, yeah. So what about you, Don? Uh, you, well, you mentioned made the comment. It, you feel that Nebula could have probably used a, a little more development? <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. Um, I knew that the characters were supposed to be, um, especially Gamora, I knew they were strong female characters. Then there was quite a bit of hype in certain circles about the characters, and I was I was expecting, it, and especially at the beginning, there was a lot more, oh, I never fail in, in my missions, and mm-hmm. oh, I can, I can go do this, I'll take care of that. And there was no follow-through. I agree with and, that. It yeah. was just a whole lot of following, following Ronan around, and and you know not a whole lot. And the battle scene, oh my God, really? You had the huge fight scene between Ronan and Drax, and then this disappointing little fizzle between Nebula and and Gamora. Well, that that's what I was like because the way they built these two up as being badasses, and I was I wanted to see these two badass sisters go at it. Serious like sibling want, animosity. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to see a serious sibling battle, and and we kind of didn't get that. Glenn, what about you, sir? Were you disappointed with the Nebula character and maybe that battle between Gamora and Nebula, or you're you're more versed in this, uh, so? Um, not not especially disappointed. Um, the thing is, especially with Nebula, is this is just our introduction to Nebula. Mm-hmm. She, she's she's back. She, I mean, she'll be there with Thanos. When Thanos okay. shows up, you will have Nebula. And you think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. She's not dead. Yeah. She's not dead. <laughs> did you did you see a body? No. That's true. If you don't and see a body. It's for its comic the weapon and. And Nebula is the the got all the defenses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. Um, I would have maybe liked a little more, but the thing is too is I have to t- take into consideration the fact that when you have this many people in the cast, you can only develop so much. Right. And and most of the story is revolving around Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. So um, it 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 is really a Peter Quill story. You are right. I mean, he you've got the other characters, but it does. He is the anchor. He is the guy we want to see succeed. He's the one that connects with us because he's the human. The human. Uh. 
we'll put that not in quotes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I guess I see your point. Yeah, you can only develop so many, and hopefully, because I thought uh, Karen Miss uh, Amy Pond was looked pretty badass and played evil villain oh, yeah. very well for the short time that she was on screen. I mean, I th- I guess that's why I wanted to see more because I'm like, she's being badass and evil, and this is awesome, but. But she shaved the red hair. But that's okay. It'll grow back. <laughs> Mark and I, we love our redheads. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Star Lord a bit on that real quick. Um, what did you think of them using the retro music? I thought that was a really great touch and helped keep that feeling uh, of, and keep you connected to Star Lord throughout the film. Uh, I'll open up to anyone who wants to comment. What did you think about the use of that music rather than just using an orchestral score throughout or something else? I mean, we got some classic tunes going on here. Uh, anybody have any opinions on the, the use of music? I, I think the choice of music was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the big part is because it, it still ties. It's, it's that last link that Peter has to Earth mm-hmm. is, yeah. this, is this music. And it 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 all it, it really differentiates him from everyone else is that he is even though he looks just like all the Novacore people for the most part um, he is different right and as we find out at the end of the movie he's more different than people realize but the fact is is that you know he is from somewhere completely different than everyone else mm-hmm. and this is this is one of the things that you know it's 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 partly that. He has never fully grown up mm-hmm. because, uh, and that's and partly because one, obviously, he 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 was abducted, but also the fact that I mean, having to go through what he went through as a child, you know, how much how much of his childhood did he actually get to experience during that time? Right. Yeah. And, he's still twelve. Yeah. 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 He's still twelve. He's still that twelve-year-old boy who you know who just lost his mom. <laughs> he, he never quite gets over that, and and part of that is. It's it's that reassurance of the fact that this is the last thing his mom gave him, but it's also shows a bit of his inability to kind of let go. Mm-hmm. Is that he's still clinging to that after you know twenty years, which sure. is where you get the end when he finally opens up that that gift. It's that he's moved on a bit. He's grown right. as as a person. Yeah, he, he did have the most growth in there. Uh, William, Tony, what did you think of the music? Since uh, I, if you don't mind me saying, it was a little before. Your guys' this time, uh, but what did you think of of using that uh, older seventies, eighties music? Did you like it? Did you not like it? You could go first, William. <laughs> all right, I actually enjoyed it. I I enjoyed all the music in the movie. I'm actually a pretty big fan of retro music, so good to hear. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yep. What about you, Tony? And then um, for me, I actually really love that they use that like. You know, we're talking about a Marvel film here, so the fact that this movie plays classic 80s music, I think it's really awesome. But not only is it so great to listen to all these classic music, um, it fits the storyline well because, like what Glenn was saying, it's it's the last thing that Star-Lord Peter Quill has to remember that's part of Earth. And, you know... It's a gift that he got from his mom before she passed away. Right. So not only is it a, not only does it fit like the film well and gives the tone of the film served purposely right, but 
it also fits well with the storyline and Peter Quell's own backstory. So I love what they did with the music. I I think what the music does as well, and and I could be off, but I think it helps connect the audience because you have such an alien film. By using that music, I think that helps connect the audience to at least the character and accept the alien world a little bit more because you have this familiar music with the scenes that are playing out because, let's face it, when you get to completely alien worlds in that, it's a hard sell for your average movie audience who's not into sci-fi. So would you say that that music helped connect the audience and, and basically ground maybe the film a little bit for them so they could accept the other alien stuff a little more? Definitely. But rest of you, would you would you say that kind of helped ground the film maybe a little bit to make it not quite so alien? I Abs- think so. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dog. Oh, absolutely. I think um, the music really helps set the audience's perception of what Peter's, of what Quill's personality is like. It helps... Uh, it's an easy way, you know, watching him dance around at that opening sequence, it's an easy way for the audience to connect with him and to dance with him in their seat. And then once you have that connection with Quill, it's very easy to for the audience to develop the relationships with the other characters as he develops those relationships, especially with his random little stories about Kevin Bacon and <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, dear. Any anything more to comment on the music outside of that it was awesome? Uh. I said more than just that it was awesome. I, you know, I know you did. No, um, no, I mean, I, I think it was very fitting, uh, just right. for the overall feel of it, for for Peter's character, and 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 yeah, to to give that connection to this is. This is not a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's a galaxy far, far away, but it still involves someone from Earth. Earth. And there's that tie to Earth. Awesome. God help, God help anybody who follows me on Spotify. God help <laughs> anybody who follows me on Spotify, because they will see every single song that was played in this movie. Guys, listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the very first thing was, I just heard this movie. Before, before even a company logo came over here, it's, oh, I'm like, oh, 10 cc's, I'm not in love. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, getting a little late, but I, I, there's a few more things I want to cover if uh, you guys don't mind. I want to go down, uh, why don't you pick out a, a favorite character? Don, uh, did you have a favorite character out of the Guardians or out of the movie in general? Was there a particular one that you uh, really enjoyed? <laughs> I, I, I was tremendously amused by Rocket. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's there's just something about uh, there's just something about the fact that they could make a raccoon holding a machine gun a character you can connect with. <laughs> it took a lot of balls and they succeeded. Yeah. yeah, definitely, especially to try to sell to a wide audience and not just the comic book fans who were aware of a talking raccoon who could... <laughs> Yeah, and, and they made him believable, mm-hmm. and they 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 <laughs> yeah. made him more than just an Ewok. Sure, yeah, definitely more than an Ewok. Glenn, what about uh, you? Your favorite character? Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it, part of it because I mean he is he he is a selfish little asshole. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but 
But there's there's some reasoning behind why he's like that. Right. And I also think you see him grow. I, I think he actually probably grows more than anyone else in the movie. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when you know the one of my favorite scenes in the movie is you are making me hit grass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's he's he's never aside from you know aside from Groot, he's never really had anyone who cared about him, and he's never had anyone to care for. Right. And you get that little bit of you know that stuff of you know the whole. I didn't ask to be ripped apart and put back together over oh, and over. Yeah. You know, the, the oh. things that he's been through, you know, the fact that he's not more messed up than he is. Yeah, that that was a great scene in the bar when he when he gave... That was unexpected, a little bit of serious window into his character that I didn't expect and I really enjoyed was when he went into what was done to him. And then I like his snarkiness, too, when they're all standing. He goes, there, I'm standing now. We're all standing. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really like his obsession with prosthetics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's, actually, there's actually a conversation going on Twitter right now of people who found that that those scenes offensive. Oh, oh yes, yes. Now I don't like people. It's a joke. Yes. It's Intergalactic joke. <laughs> I work with, so, I work with people with prosthetics. Most of the people that I work with find the humor in their situation because it's either laugh or cry, and right. they tend. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm blind as a bat. And and I don't and think that the yeah. I'm blind as a bat, and I've had people make jokes about my eyesight. I will tell you when you cross a line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, usually you probably won't. <laughs> because if I didn't laugh at this, if I, I had congenital cataracts, detached retinas, glaucoma, I take three sets of eye drops every freaking day. And if I didn't laugh, I would cry. Absolutely. Anybody who's been through that will tell you that. So, shove it, people. <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Glenn? Oh, and I just think that it, it shows some of uh, Rocky's personality. And that's sure. that's the type of thing that, you know, and especially knowing what what he's been through and where he came from. Oh, oh yeah. you took away that guy's prosthetic leg. Yeah, I've had all my limbs ripped off and reattached and ripped off and reattached and ripped off and reattached. <laughs> Not crying. Yep. You've got 30,000 credits for your prosthetic leg and you're in prison. Yeah. Plus, Ron's going to show up here in an hour and kill you all anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so at least, at least your your wife and kid back home on, you know, Nebula 746, whatever planet you're from, they'll have something because, what, they weren't going to be able to resell your prosthetic leg from your charred corpse once Ronan's done with you. They got 30 grand. They're happy. <laughs> you just add this whole dark layer that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> So it's yeah. Rocket was brilliant, and and just his the way he interacted with Groot was perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know the whole I am Groot. I don't care if it's more than eleven. You know, just how he, yeah. he you know no one understands what Groot says except Rocky. Does. Rocket does. Rocket understands everything Groot is saying. Yep. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, I really liked the relationship between those two. Uh, definitely uh, was a lot of fun and, and interesting, their connection. And, and when you learn more about Rocket, you can understand why he and Groot are together, actually. So uh, 
Scott, what about you? Favorite character? Was it Rocket as well? How could it be anything but Rocket? I mean, I'm ser- first of all, you had a rocket with a with a rocket launcher, okay? Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, Zoe Saldana, you did a wonderful job. Chris Pratt, you did a wonderful job. But if you did not think that you were going to immediately be second billing to a rock raccoon with a freaking automatic weapon or explosive... <laughs> What the hell's you a raccoon? Check your common sense in the door. <laughs> what the hell's a raccoon? <laughs> and I agree with Glenn. What, what he says with this when he had that scene uh, where he gets drunk and he goes off on Drax and he talks about what happened. Suddenly, this character who has just been like this wise ass Han Solo with fur type thing becomes like, oh my god, Rocket Man! I never thought this. Think about what you went through, buddy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know? And he goes, and I agree, he does grow more than any of these other characters. So much so that when his only connection, Groot, at the end, this character, and you don't see this enough in any kind of movie, including dramas, this guy who is so full of just rage and attitude, he cries. He doesn't just cry, he freaking balls yeah. at the end. Yeah. And I felt for the guy. I really felt, and, you know, <laughs> he the humorous scene where Drax kind of pets him, and I'm sure there's scenes of like, okay, A, thank you, B, you're petting me like I'm a damn pet, and C, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all those things were happening at once at that scene, but still, it had an emotional resonance that I really was not expecting from the character. I was just right. expecting the coolness of a raccoon with a freaking machine gun. So, James Gunn, thank you yeah. for going the extra mile with that character and the rest of the characters on this movie. So, uh, Tony, uh, Rocket, is that your favorite? <laughs> nope, I hated all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Rocket's my favorite. Come on, Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't hate anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though Groot is an adorable character, and when he did mm-hmm. cute things like picking up the flower and giving it to a little girl, I'm just all like, aww. But with Rocky Raccoon, I'm all like, yeah, he is awesome. He's badass. He's snarky. And like what all of you have been pointing out, he is a character. You could, even though he's a character that cracks jokes a lot, you could really get behind him and connect with him, and like uh, what Scott said, just feel so extremely sorry for him to the point where you kind of want to cry yourself too. Okay. So yeah, Rocket by far is my favorite character. The others are great, but Rocket, he's still the show. William, what about you, Rocket? <laughs> All hands down, Rocket. All hands down. I think everybody agrees, Rocket. Um, I'm gonna. I will say, yes, I enjoyed Rocket the most. I will say the character that surprised me the most was what they did with Groot. I did not expect to like Groot and to have them give him as much character as they did with him. You know, I mean, I thought he was kind of the shtick character, not not to be a pun, uh, but... uh, (laughs) Or the stick uh, character. Or the stick character, yeah. <laughs> um, but I liked it because out of all the characters, for me, he surprised me the most with what he could do, whatever ability he had. And when they did his ability, 
it made sense, you know, but it was something I hadn't thought of until they did it, and then I was like, oh yeah, he he, he could do something like this being a tree person, and for me, I think, would you guys agree that Groot was kind of a surprise character, uh, if you didn't read the comics, um, mm-hmm. of just what he could do and what he did, you know, the the, the fireflies and, and yeah. creating the, the ball at the end to protect the guys. And, I mean, just when you thought, oh, okay, I figured out everything about him, he does something else that just is freaking cool. And you're like, I love Groot even more. And well, so and that's why... That's what he does, man. We are Groot. Yes. Yeah. If you didn't cry at that at that part, <laughs> that, that, fuck that you. Got... You don't deserve to be on this planet. You have no ben soul. Vin Diesel made us cry. Vin Diesel made us again. cry. Again. Again. He made us cry again. All he had yeah. to do was say three words, and it's one of the most heartfelt moments we've seen in cinema. It was. It was Superman. Yeah. Uh, it was. <laughs> Iron Giant, now this. Yep. Yeah, Iron, yeah, Iron Giant. Yeah, totally is, agree. He totally reminded us of why we love Iron Giant so much, and that he was the Iron Giant, and, and I love Iron Giant. And this definitely had another moment that got me a little, little misty-eyed when he said, "We are Groot." I'm like, "Oh my God, damn you, James Gunn!" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you for you, making you, us cry. You <laughs> freaking director making me cry over a CGI character. A tree. <laughs> a, a CGI tree guy, no less. Y- you know, it's like, damn you. <laughs> and, All, and every think, nerd in the world now can say that two trees have made them cry. The giving tree when they were a kid and now Groot. <laughs> Uh, I, I, uh, it's getting a little bit late, so I want to wrap it up here. Uh, just one more point. James Gunn, uh, did he surprise you, and in what way did he surprise you with this film, considering he made some fun films, but, I mean, this is the guy that brought us Slither, which is a fantastic horror film. That, to, if you haven't seen Slither, you need to see Slither. Uh, Michael Rucker but, again. Huh? Michael Rooker again. Michael Rooker again. Michael Rooker, who was in this, who did an excellent job oh, as Yandu. Wow. Um, everybody just brought their A game with this, but uh, let's start with you, Glenn. Uh, James Gunn, did he surprise you just what he was able to do with this film? I mean, I know he made decent films before, but considering the scope and what this film was to the Marvel Universe and everything, do you think he surprised you, and in what way? Um... I don't really think he surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. When I heard he was attached to direct this, I was like, "Perfect, perfect." I had I had just watched, I had just seen uh, Super, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, absolutely." With 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 some of because because he knows how to do the weird. I mean, this is the guy who brought us Tromeo and Juliet, yes, mm-hmm. and you know, and gave us a nice Lloyd Kaufman cameo in the prison scene. Yes, he uh, did. From, 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 from. So <laughs> I caught um, I caught Uncle Lloyd in the audience. I was like, "Oh my God, he's in the prison." I, I liked Uncle Lloyd's cameo. I liked Nathan Fillion's cameo. Mm-hmm. What? I missed that. Shit! I gotta go back. Sorry. Gotta go <laughs> see Marcus again. You won't. You won't recognize him. No. <laughs> it was the it was the blue prison inmate, wasn't it? 
Yeah, the one yeah. that grew oh, shoved yeah. the roots I, up I his nose. I caught Ice Cube on him right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the big guy. He was grabbing him up that. and he was, that's him. Yep, the, the guy he he picks up and shoves the roots in his nose, that's Nathan. Oh, my God, i got to go see yeah. this again. I'm sorry. I know, right? <laughs> you have to, anyways. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, I mean, it, it surprised me in that it was better than I expected. I expected it to be good. But it was better than than I expected. So I mean, in that way, I suppose yes. But I I, I felt the movie was in good hands from the start, just sure. because I, I loved Slither. I absolutely adored Super. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just I I think that he was a, a good person who could handle serious material that still had kind of a comic edge, as he proved with Super. Sure. But he could also ha- handle the campy stuff as he did with. Slither and his his trauma days. Definitely, uh, Don. What about you? Any surprises from James Gunn, or do you agree with Glenn that? Uh, I completely agree with Glenn. What about you, Scott? Uh, Tony or? I agree. To- I agree totally with Glenn. Everything that he did, uh, from Scooby Doo all the way to Tromeo to draw to Dawn and everything, proved that he could do the weird. He could do the freaky. And Super proved that he could do the heart. Mm-hmm. And so I was totally on board when he was doing this movie. Now, he did write a letter. Have you read this, guys? Yeah. Well, a letter. the letter thanking you? Thank yeah, you. have you read that? Yeah, I, I did read part. Well, I wrote part of it. I didn't get a chance to read all of it. but. Well, he said this. and I, You know, um, I don't know if you want, me to, want to do it now or later or ever. <laughs> but he said this really heartfelt thing to the people. It would be yeah. great if we could read it on the air, honestly, because it's a wonderful thing that he said to the fans, and it sums up who he is as a filmmaker and who we are as the audience. Now, oh. <laughs> well, later, is it? Is it? How long is it? Uh, <laughs> it's it's long enough, it's long enough where I think you can just throw a link on at the end. Yeah, yeah I I'll think just throw a link on. We'll, but we'll, he does he goes on in this thing, and I do recommend people see it. Mm-hmm. It's this thing that thanks the people that talks about how this movie is about outcasts and about finding your place, and it puts everything on this other level that some of us are getting with this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. To, I think it's the type of thing that sets him apart as just a guy who makes really cool movies, which we would have gotten from, like, Tromeo and stuff like that. But this is a guy who has matured and everything. All the same, my favorite thing that he's ever done is still the PG porn uh, installment with Sasha Gray. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> still my favorite thing he's done. <laughs> If no one's seen that, seriously, Roadside Assistance with uh, James Gunn and Sasha Gray, directed by James Gunn, it's fantastic. Is it? Look it up on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cinema Blend, everybody. There's, oh. a, it's, there's a number of links all over for the letter, so... Oh, good. Um, so just, just search for James Gunn, Letter to the Fans. You'll definitely get uh, hits left and right. Um... Tony, uh, what about you? Did James Gunn surprise you at all? Well, um, I would say he did a little because I'm not too familiar with most of his work. Like I've only seen, like I've seen Super, uh, Super, and I thought that was a really good movie. But I'm also familiar with the movies I watched when I was a kid, which were the Scooby Doo movies. But I would say, in terms of Guardians of the Galaxy, he did actually really surprise me. I mean, the writing was very terrific. It was very well written. You could tell he put a lot of ideas when he was writing the script 
the way he filmed the movie was just wonderful from the characters having conversations with each other to the incredible action sequences. Yeah, I think he did a really good job with the film overall. So, James Gunn, if you are for some reason watching this, two thumbs up to you, good sir. <laughs> and William, <Empire>. anything, <laughs> anything to add that uh, Gunn uh, surprise you? Were you familiar with his other work beforehand? I've seen Super, and I loved it, and I've seen Slither, and I've loved it, and I've seen Tromeo and Juliet, and I loved it, so I love this film as well. And and here we are, folks, once again with an independent film director who's made cheesy horror films who went on to do a big-budget superhero film properly. It, it's, it's a trend. If someone hasn't caught it yet, it's a trend. Um... I mean, Sam Raimi, yeah, it was cashed in in 3, but Spider-Man 2, a lot of people still love that film and think that's probably one of his best movies and best superhero films out there, James the best Gunn. Best Spider-Man film by far. Best, best Spider-Man film by far. James Gunn had his Tromeo Juliet roots, and here now he is directing big-budget superhero films properly. Um, you know, it's this trend, and people pick on these indie director guys, but you look at how they handle these big-budget films, and, and there's just something with their style. Now, you just hope that it doesn't go to their head, and, and then they kind of start cashing it in. Uh, but, I mean... Uh, I you don't know, see that happening with James. I don't see that happening with James no. either, because he keeps handling bigger films and still seems to not really change... The, the style and what he brings and, and he does seem a bit humble by the response he always gets from his films so uh, I think we all agree that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, probably the one of the best films to come out recently it's a lot of fun, entertaining, worth your money to be sure, even if you have a few slight issues with it overall uh, I agree with everyone here um, I just had a you know like a couple minor quirks, but overall I had fun. I left the theater happy, smiling. My kids were happy and smiling, because that is too. This is a film that you really could take the kids in. Uh, they're going to miss a little bit of the humor. I love the black light line. Who didn't laugh? During... Oh my god, the Jackson Pollock line. Oh, I, I like, that's Beautiful. a great line in there, because it's one that you could, it, it, it's still a film you could take your kids to. They're not going to get it, but all the parents are going to just laugh, you know, and you've got that mixture in here, and I think it's a film for everyone. So um, anybody want to give any final thoughts, what they'd like to see in the next Guardians movie? Glenn, why don't we start with you? Uh, anything you want to see in the next Guardians um, movie? Well, I want to state, first of all, as a independent filmmaker, yes. best start kissing my ass now, or I will okay. take childhood dreams and poop on them later on. <laughs> Um, what I want to see in the next in the next Guardians movie, man, I don't know. Um, more of the same. More of the I same. I want to see. I want to see more spaceships shooting at each other, and I want to see more wisecracking uh, bazooka, you know, mega laser toting raccoons. And, <laughs> um, I want, you know, I want. I want to see a little, little bit more of the of the growth. That you know, more of the just I don't know what the proper term is for Drax. Just the whole literal thing. Literal, yeah. You know, uh, I, that was some of the best stuff. You know, and it's 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 
I, that's one of the things I love with the movie is is the whole they aren't human, and the fact that they don't grasp a lot of the human concepts was perfect. And right. I want to see more of that mm-hmm. with one group growth of the people and, and they're understanding Peter a bit more because they're around him, but also just the way that they are different from us. They're not right. humans. They're not supposed to be just. It's not supposed to be just be. Uh, Zoe Zaldana painted green. She's supposed to be Gamora. She's supposed to be this right. otherworldly being, you know. And then same thing with Groot. It's not just Vin Diesel in a CGI, you know, with wearing you know motion cap sensors and you know just talking through a tree, computer generated. There's this. It's supposed to be that otherworldliness to them, and I want more of that. Cool. William, what about you? Anything more you want to see from Guardians 2, or would, did Glenn sum it up? <laughs> Just more of the same. Glenn summed it up. I agree with everything he said. Yeah. What about everybody else? Do you all agree? Just kind of more of the same, maybe a little more growth. Hopefully some more growth out of Groot, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Glenn. I agree with Glenn. It should just really be more of the same, you know, more funny moments, more epic battle sequences, because this is a really good movie. Like, I did have a couple of flaws with uh, Ronan and Nebula. They were kind of bland to me and didn't really impress me as villains. And I thought Dave Bautista could have done a little bit better job acting Drax, in my opinion, but other than those couple of flaws I did have with the film, I still thought it was really fun. I just hope to see more of that in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Well, an improvement in the villains in the second one. That's what I want to see, improvement on the villains for the second I have to say, too, I think, because uh, James Gunn in that little letter said how he's already working ideas, he already has a working title for the for the next one. It's, oh, really? Uh, the Adventures of the Collector and Howard is what the next one's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Now, no one's talked about that, that, that post-credit sequence. If you want oh, to. I, Howard I the Duck. Howard the Duck, I had to explain to my kids because they looked at it going, what's with the duck? And I go, that's Howard the Duck. And they're like, Howard the Duck? And I'm like, we'll get home. He's he's Marvel Universe. Big what the fuck moment. That's all I'm going to say. Big what the fuck moment. (laughs) And I loved it. I love the... I love the fact they put it in there. People were upset because they didn't have any connection to the next movie, and I'm glad they didn't. I personally, yeah. I, 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 love, I was happy with it actually. So. I, I love the fact they didn't because it fit the movie so well, and it fit everything else that any other ending I think would have, any other post-credit scene would have taken away from the fun of the film because you didn't need a Thanos dialogue or some other super reveal scene at the end. You just need the collector sitting there going, "Damn it, all my stuff's gone," and you get Howard the Duck. You, you just, you know, it's like. <laughs> Well, it, it's it, 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 I think it solidified the whole. This isn't your average Marvel movie, right? Absolutely. Well, and, it solidified and that, that with the oh yeah, and by the way, Howard the fucking Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and God bless Steve Gerber. I loved Howard the Duck. It's one of my favorite comics of all time, and I still love that old movie, even though it's not perfect. I know. <laughs> and well, no, there's not going to be another Howard the Duck movie. That's not. It was just James Gunn <laughs> having a laugh. Well, yeah, he was because. But it was honestly, part... if they were going to do one, I'm thinking, you know what? If you could do this with Guardians, <laughs> go for it. You want to correct every mistake that that was done in Marvel's past? Go for it. <laughs> honestly, because. 
I think you could pull it off at this point. <laughs> and, and, and the Howard the Duck did have a connection to the 80s, which is where Star-Lord's from. So, you know, there's another little extra connection there as well. Yeah. So it, it does make a little sense that we have Howard in there. Uh, plus, it's just the fact that it was a lot of fun to see him in the end. Uh, so, uh, I, I think we're going to wrap it up for the night. It's getting late for everyone, I understand. Uh, I appreciate everyone coming out and talking about Guardians of the Galaxy and other things. William, welcome to the spoiler room. You're always welcome back. Uh, definitely glad to have you back. Always good to have fresh faces in here. Tony, Scott, Glenn, Don, thank you so much. Why don't we uh, go down real quick uh, with Start with Don, and uh, where can they find your stuff when you're not... Uh, on here listening to me babble. I just uh, I have a blog in theaudience.net. I just write about some of the things I watch. Awesome. And Glenn? Uh, you can find me uh, in a bunch of places. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, at the B-Movie Bunker, doing my movie reviews. You can also find me on the Film Jerks podcast and Astro Radio Z as well. Um, and I've got my short film uh, handy. It's just been submitted to some film festivals, so we'll see what happens with that. So far, people who have watched it seem to have liked it. So uh, we'll we'll see uh, if it gets picked up by a festival and if the audience likes it. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, on the Guardians 5 is what I'll be doing. Guardians about. 5, yeah. And then Glenn will be directing Guardians 5. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget the little people, Glenn, when you're... you're yeah. <laughs> oh, I, won't. I, I, I swear to God, fingers crossed. I really want Glenn to do one of these. I, I, I will. I will remember the little people because it will star uh, Kristen Bell and Warwick Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the littlest of the bunch. Scott, uh, where can they find your stuff? I have a show, believe it or not, on. Uh, Vimeo and YouTube called Movieocrity uh, that you can look up. It's all about exploitation films and uh, railing against the mediocrity of Hollywood. I also have a podcast I've started on uh, Podomatic called Cinema Obsession. I'm a big fan of portmanteaus, so apparently. So, uh, And, of course, I'm also on uh, Film Jerks and Astro, Astro Radio Z, so you can see me on those shows. Awesome. And uh, Tony, what about you, sir? Where can they find your stuff, Tiger Dude? You can find me at youtube.com slash 22tigerdude, 22tigerdude, all lowercase. Like my Facebook page, 22tigerdude. Follow me at Twitter at tigerdude22. And, you know, follow me on Instagram at 22tigerdude with tiger power awesome. on it. Always. Can't forget the tiger power. And uh, William, uh, what about your stuff? Where can people find you, sir? Well, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on YouTube, although my username on YouTube is kind of long. <laughs> um, I'm going to spell it out. It's P-T-R-O-N-A-N-A-N-A-L-O-S-K-I, and then put a 2 at the end. Awesome. Uh, we'll put we'll put your link uh, to your page on the Special Mark uh, Productions webpage with the friends of Special Mark, so people can find the link there on SpecialMarkProductions.com. Uh, so we'll put a link to your YouTube and Facebook there, uh, where everybody else's links here that I've mentioned today, uh, their stuff is there as well. One place where you can find all the friends of the Spoiler Room, 
and the Special Mark Productions. Myself, it is The Spoiler Room. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Spoiler Room or go to specialmarkproductions.com, The Spoiler Room, and you can find a link to our podcast where you can download them from there or from iTunes. And if it is on iTunes, folks, please make sure you click like and leave us some feedback. Always looking for how the ways to improve the show, what subjects you want to hear us talk about and blabber about. Uh, definitely check it out. Plus, I'm on WeLiveFilm.com and uh, YouTube channel.com slash specialmark. So thank you, everyone, for joining us on this late night. Appreciate it. And remember, as always with the spoiler room, while the movies may be spoiled, the conversation is definitely fresh. <laughs>